Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles and safe spaces around the world. Bringing connection, joy and kindness and peace. And I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kira Mawera. Kira Sam. How's it going in the winterless north kind of t- today? Um, it was a stunning day today, and Jack and I um, are using our school holidays to plant more things. So we planted all of our um, lettuce greens, and we planted a, um, a couple more fruit trees um, and played with the chooks all day. It was awesome. Way better than working. <laughs> How's the snow? The snow is gone today. It didn't last it's very good. long. It came down in lots of little flurries. All, all day it was coming down and there'll be a thick blizzard and then it would just go away and it would be hot. Well, not hot, but sunny. And it did that for two days. Mm. But not anymore. Who are we introducing today? Well, it's not unusual to be introducing somebody at this time of the day. Uh, today, um, I feel like, um, you know, that guy, Matthew, today, Matthew, I'm going to be Tom Jones. Well, I'm not going to be. We're going to get to talk to Tom Jones. Welcome, Tom. Um, Tom uh, comes to us from Tapanui, where he lives in an old church, where he's a punt operator, where he's a hops grower, where he's a beer brewer. He may well be the favorite favorite um, guest of all of the men listening today. Welcome. Thanks for sharing with us. Thanks, Maura. Nice to meet you. And you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been cold down here too, I'll tell you. Some got cold snow flurries, but we got some serious, serious snow. We got about nearly six inches of snow solid overnight, and then we, it's been on and off all day. The roads cleared for about, I don't know, maybe two hours, and then this afternoon we've had quite a lot more snow, and the roads have got snow on them again, only about an inch or so. But, yeah, we've got about, I guess, on total, I reckon if I put a tape measure out there, we'd probably have at least eight inches of snow on the top of my car. It's crazy. You see, <laughs> we keep animals. We keep horses. We've got pigs. We've got chickens. And, and we've got a, a couple of cows as well. So we took some great photographs. It's been very, very memorable couple of days, especially today. So how has your bubble life been? Oh, bubble life, to be honest with you. I, I just want to uh, correct, Maura. We live in Tapanui, and we have the church in Tuapeka Mouth, which is about 50 minutes drive away. Um, but so our, our bubble life in Tapanui is not a lot different, to be honest with you. We, we're not actually isolated as such, but we've got certain things that we've got to do anyway. Like I say, we, we keep animals. They need fed no matter what. <laughs> Come Rain, hail, or shine—they've still got to eat. Um, so that—that's a, a constant for us. It's—it's um, it, it's not been a lot different. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. It's—it's been—it's been—it's been fun though. It's been when we were actually in the depth of the the 
lockdown um, a few months ago, uh, that was that was nice. <laughs> just just because because we have to commute to if you will commute to the church to a peck of mouth where I do the the punt operating. Uh, I do that five days a week. I had to go over there whenever I was operating the punt. So it was quiet on the roads, really, really quiet. I just had to go over to check it, really, because there was very little traffic. What are you doing running a punt? How did that come about? Uh, well, a punt. Do, do you know what the punt is? The Tuapeka Punt, or the Tuapeka Mouth Ferry, as it's probably uh, titled. Um, it, it came about because we bought the, the old St. Augustine Church in Tuapeka Mouth a couple of years ago. And St. Augustine is the patron saint, or one of the patron, patron saints of brewers. Not coincidentally, because we're not big on coincidences. I think it's you're always meant to be, or you're where you're meant to be. And we just happened to be at that church looking at it and thinking about buying it. And we went, yeah, it's good. And a couple of weeks before that, I'd been talking about maple syrup and that uh, in the grounds it had maple trees, saplings. And we thought, yeah, we should do this. So since then, we've we've planted the hops and done lots of different things to it. And on the back of that. Um, about two, three paddocks away from, from the church itself, uh, on the main road of Tuapeka Mouth, main road in inverted commas, um, very quiet, uh, is the, um, the Tuapeka Mouth punt, which is the only one of its kind in the Southern Hemisphere. It's a very unique piece of history, and it's a very unique job. And it, I have been on it. It kind of looks like an oversized catamaran. Yes, yes, it does. In fact, it's actually in the New Zealand Herald. If there's anybody listening who's, who's got access to the New Zealand Herald, I think it's going to be online as well. And it's, it's the things for the New Zealanders to, to do. I can't remember what the, the title's called. It's something about Atkara, isn't it? Um, I'll try to find I'll send you a link through to it. But it's in the New Zealand Herald, and I think it comes out tomorrow, maybe. So it'll be today for your listeners. And it's a, an insert or a supplement for the Herald. And it's it's going to be online, so I'll I'll put a link to that on on the uh, the Tuapeka Punts uh, Facebook page. So um, yeah, it's it's a number sixty two of one hundred things that you must do in New Zealand. So that was quite exciting. <laughs> <as well>. Yeah, <laughs> is it is it on a wire? Sixty four, apparently. Huh. Is it what? Sorry, Sam. Is it on a wire? There is a large cable that prevents it from uh, floating away downstream and. Coming out somewhere near Kaitanganas, yeah. <laughs> it's a very strong wire. It's never it, floated it, away. But it uses the flow, doesn't it? it? You change the rudder or something and it pushes the yeah. which direction you're trying to move. That's right, yeah. So you, you, you change the rudder so that the um, the bows, both the joint bows, go at 45 degrees and then the water hits the other side and pushes, in fact, effectively pushes you sideways. So going from one side to the other, it's 45 degrees and then the, going back, you're on the other 45 degrees if that makes sense so a couple of steps back why did you yeah. buy a church and why does buying a church mean you also have to run a ferry uh why did we buy a church um we've yet to figure out actually why <laughs> it was it was just one of those things that we we i wouldn't say we kind of felt compelled to do it was just it was just something to do and and it's it's we're just following it down a little a journey you know we, we don't know where it's going to end up um we, we might turn it into a, it won't certainly won't be a, a tourist destination as such but it'll be something a bit of a, a folly something uh unusual to uh, to come and visit 
you know, it's a, such a beautiful, it's a tranquil place uh, to a peckermouth. There's not a lot goes on there. There's the punt, and that's pretty much it. But it's the, the peace and tranquility of the valley. Um, so this is on the Clutha River, if, if anybody's listening. And it's near, it's so from, from Balclutha, upstream it takes about half an hour to drive to. Um, and you go past Clydeville. Um, currently the bridge is out, but um, to get over to Lawrence. But for anybody in Dunedin, it's, it's a wonderful day trip um, to, to go either down to Balclutha, preferably, and then up, like I said, by, by the Clutha River and keep to the to the right of the Clutha River and just keep straight. You can't you can't miss it. And then the loop back from Tuapekamouth over to uh, to Lawrence. Apparently the motorcyclists around the country, when they go to the um, uh, the, the Burt Monroe rally, they, they cut inland at um, at Milton. And that road is is very, very highly regarded by a lot of motorcyclists around New Zealand because it's it's undulating, it's scenic, and it's just it's just a glorious piece of road. You know, they like the the, the bends and the curves and the, the swooshes, and it's it's just fantastic. I've driven it in my um, I've got a Fiat Bath, and I like driving down there. And that's that's fourteen hundred cc's of pure grunt for a tiny little car, and it's like riding a motorbike, but a lot safer. Um, but it, it's a great great road to uh, to drive. So, but that's you can loop back around through Lawrence and then back into the name or you can come from Invercargill and, and go up sort of thing so it's it's off the beaten track um for anybody coming through uh from Dunedin going through to Central you go through Lawrence and then about I don't know maybe one and a half k's outside of Lawrence you've got the big red and white radio mast on your left hand side just before you go through the gorge thing not the Manuka gorge um so that's on the left and you'll see the sign for two a mouth but like i say at the moment if you turn down there you'll spend a long time getting to well towards two bridges out so the bridge is uh, is being repaired and it's going to be fixed by probably the end of october early november you just need to put another punt there <laughs> uh, yeah probably you not could be this. a you could be a punt magnate <laughs> a double punter. Yeah, I could be, couldn't I? <laughs> Until they build a bridge. And that's what it is. It's part of the roading network. The the punt itself is effectively a bridge from one side of the river to the other. So it's owned by the New Zealand Transport Authority. And it's 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 um it's in the the not ownership, but the Clutha District Council look after it. So it's it's like a bridge. So that's why it's free. So there's no charge to go on the two Peckermouth. Uh, ferry and the number of people I had a there was a, a Yorkshire man and a, a Scottish woman about three weeks ago and neither of them could believe it was free the look on the faces was delightful <laughs> <laughs> so let's take the first of your music choices let's have Just Us by Maze why this one? Mm. Oh, Maze featuring Frankie Beverly that's it's probably my favourite band I, I love Earth Wind of Fire but Maze featuring Frankie Beverly are, oh, the guy's just got so much soul and so much, um, he's so smooth. He's, he, he was he was mentored by um, Marvin Gaye and he he was, they were very much uh, soul brothers. Uh, Frankie Beverly is just the epitome of a smooth soul singer. And this is, this is my favorite track. 
This is not a passing fancy with, with soul music. You used to 
run a show on what was Hills Radio. Yeah, Hills AM back in the, well, so-called back in the day. What would it be? 95, 96 I might have started. Um, might have been, could have been 97 because I remember my daughter was probably due around about then. But yeah, could have been 97. Um, so yeah, I, I did a, a soul music program. I, I couldn't find too much soul music on, on New Zealand uh, airwaves at all when I came from the UK and I kind of missed it a lot. And so I started writing when, when I got in touch with uh, Roz at uh, Hills AM. And she said, yeah, she said, just come down and, and do a slot because it's a, it was a community radio station. And so they would play automatic, automated music all the way through unless somebody did a, a, a studio slot. So various people came in from the community and, and did, uh, did a slot. So I, I did um, soul music on Thursday nights from memory. And um, I met a very, very good friend of mine who, who became a very good friend of mine, Jonas. And he, Jonas was doing a, a Swedish music program at the same time. So we, we did a, Christmas. I remember meeting him at uh, a Christmas party. So maybe my daughter was, maybe it was 98, could have been 98. So um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed doing the program. And I, I wrote off to quite a few um, record companies around the world and, and got plenty of CDs and jazz CDs as well. So I play a lot of jazz, R&B, soul, um, a bit of reggae, no hip hop, free, pre-hip hop days. <laughs> and you... As Mawera was saying in the introduction, are involved in several breweries over the time. Is that a passion? Yes. Passion that turned yeah, into I, a job I, by mistake. What was what was that about? What happened was um, I was brewing. I was brewing at home, and from about ninety four onwards, and then um, I started. I got made redundant in ninety seven, early ninety seven, and um, I took nine months off and in 98 I decided that I'd start an ecology degree at uh, Otago University so partway through my uh, ecology degree I met I'd already known Richard Emerson because I used to call in and uh, I was actually putting the gas pipe into Otago draft as it was down at the bottom of Stone Street in Dunedin on Kaikoura Valley and um, so when we put the gas pipe in, I thought, oh, it'd be nice to get some good ingredients. So I had a chat to the brewer there at the time, Stu Littlejohn. And he said to me, um, we can't give you any ingredients because it's a sealed process. But there's this nice young fella who's just started brewing. It must have been about 94 or 5. Um, and he said he's just started brewing and he's on Grain Street. Lovely fella. Richard Emerson, go and have a chat to Richard. He'll sort you out. So I got to know Richard really well uh, over the following couple of years and he he helped me improve my technique and equipment and stuff and you know on a home brewing scale and then when I bumped into his father after I got laid off and I started uh, at university uh, bumped into George and I was asking him how things are going and he said oh it's really busy I said well you know I'm a student you know you, you want some some help you know I'm a student you're a brewery it's, it's kind of a, a marriage made in heaven <laughs> so so he said, well, just pop down and see Richard and see whether he wants anything. And, and we've been, we were flat tack for a, a year or two after that. Um, so that was at number four Grain Street when Emerson's was just got started. And um, uh, after, it, after they moved from number four to number nine Grain Street, this would be uh, early 2000s, 
Um, I worked at number nine Grain Street for a while, and then then they, they came to for them time to to move out. And I thought, actually, I like the idea of having my own brewery. I like you know like the concept. And I started. I, I had started collecting the Emerson's bottles because the Euro bottle at that stage came all the way from Germany, and it was part of their bottle reuse scheme in you know nationwide and all across the Eastern Bloc. And I thought, well. These are coming a long way, um, and I'll, I'll I'd like to reuse them. Bit of a greeny, um, bit of green party influence as well. Um, I'll tell you what, Sam. I was ten, maybe twelve years ahead of my time, because I think something like that would have absolutely flown now, you know, to get a bottle reuse game. So I started the bottle reuse initiative, the BRI, um, and we spent quite a lot of winters nights with students for environmental action. Um, on Leith Street, I think it was, and we were delabeling Emerson's bottles with the hot water, and it was a very laborious thing. And then I'd reuse them in in my own home brew. You know, it was it was a good little system, good little setup we had. Um, so I thought well, that was actually the genesis for Green Man Brewery. And I went on to and I had a chat to um, Rod Donald when he was alive, uh, the the Green Party co-leader, and um, and they were they were talking about getting involved. There was a little bit of discussion went on and I've been kind of behind the scenes. But he said, like, if we're going to be involved, he says it's, you know, it needs to be organic. And I thought, well, yeah, it should be organic anyway. Um, yeah, thanks very much for that, Rod. But on the day that we bought our first lot of equipment, we got the uh, the terrible news that he'd passed away. And at a very young age, I can't remember how old, how old he was, but he, he, he passed away. And it kind of knocked us for six a little bit. But um, we, we, we found it... Green Man Brewery in, I think it was 2004, maybe 2003. And I, I used to sell, I could, basically I was one, of the, I was the first contract brewer in the country because Steve Nally down at Invercargill made a lager for me. And we'd put it into kegs, 12 kegs at a time. And um, I would bottle it in my own garage and then I would sell it at the farmer's market. So that gave me the, the, um, the knowledge and confidence to go on and establish a uh, a brewery. So we we walked into the premises that Emerson's then vacated when they moved out to uh, Wycliffe Street. So yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a long journey. Yeah, and it, I guess it, it didn't stop there. Uh, so I, I was involved with them with uh, with Green Man for a good number of years, and then I I, I went, went went my separate ways, and then I started. Repping, sales repping, um, you can probably tell I've got a bit of a gift, gift of the gab, and I know my stuff, and and I like to talk to people, and I love to talk to people about beer, and so I I did sales uh, trips all around the South Island, and I repped for, uh, as I said, this T-shirt, it's Tuatara, I I repped for, I, I did a bit of work with Harrington's, I didn't rep for them such, um, but I, I repped for um, Kedaru as well on on the, the uh, lower hut uh, sorry upper hut. and um yeah i, I kind of got my name and uh, vicky and i set up a company called crafty beers so we did tastings sales events and all sorts of stuff so we had a lot of fun and we still do and we we we're going to be at the um craft beer food festival in a few weeks time in Dunedin, which i think is sold out again um so yeah it, it's it's been yeah it's been a lot of fun and it still continues to be a lot of fun.
Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, ko You're all having this day, beautiful superstars, in your beloved verses, and I read wherever you are, and whatever is happening around this journey that we're all on together, proving to be very rewarding, very sustained, and illuminating for you each day. You are of nature's perfect. Thank you. So beautiful people, as we know, we have been heading through so many exciting twists and turns and ups and downs this year, as we have, as a collective race, embraced this journey of COVID-19. And here in beautiful Aotearoa, New Zealand, we have moved through lockdown level 4, level 3, level 2, level 1, level 2, level 2.5, level 3, level 2.5, level 2, level 1. And it's all been happening for us every day. It's been in our conscious. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to talk with you. And it's helped me enormously through this time. And I thought that today it would be good just to really focus on how incredibly well we have all done over the last several months. And whilst we have had many challenges... Whilst we have had pain and suffering and grief, that our life has changed, our way of being has changed. We have done incredibly well adapting and moving through these challenges together. So I'd like to just take a moment to ask you to really go within now, go within your heart and congratulate yourself. Think if you can wrap your arms around yourself and give yourself a well done me hug please do if you don't need to do this physically but you can just focus on those feelings of gratitude for yourself please do because we have all done incredibly well and I think at times we can get very caught up in this construct of the human world and all the value judgments that we make all the stories that are proliferated around us all the societal conditioning that we have received all our personal and individual stories that can form a sense of identity for us. All these things can distract us from the very pure life essence that we are. This fascinating, living, miracle of being. This spark of consciousness. This channel of love. This channel of transformation. So I would love for you today, and I'm doing this today, so I invite you to join me, just to really give some time and some love to appreciating yourself and of course this is physically appreciating your magnificent body all the things that your body can do all the things your body can feel the things your body experience process for you with the senses all the ways your body can move all the ways your body can connect with this beautiful world that surrounds us all the ways your body can be adorned and cared for i'm about to go and have my hair done it's very exciting And of course, taking the time to appreciate your mind, all the places your mind can go, it's limitless. All the different ways we can take any situation that we're in and reframe it positively so it works for us and we feel all the wonderful different chemicals that can give ourselves in our brain to help us feel better. But most importantly of all, I invite you to connect again with your heart, all the love that you feel, all the love that you can feel, and all the love that is always there for you within you. And I can say these words to you, but of course we know that what I'm talking about is an experience, a feeling. So I really hope that whatever is happening around you today, you can give yourself some extra love and appreciation and really feel it and feel that love filling your whole body 
and uplifting you and reminding you who you are. Nature's are perfect, unique. Thank you. Kakite. Did you finish the ecology degree? Yes. Yes, I, I finished the ecology degree at the, I wouldn't say the insistence because I was always going to do it, but um, George was pretty insistent that uh, that I should finish my degree. And yeah, yeah, it took me, I think it took me four years instead of the, the regular three, but um, yeah, knocked it off, so to speak. So um, still a bit of a greenie, Sam, to be, to be perfectly honest, um, well into sustainability. Um, I did a, uh, a segment on the sustainability of the of the brewery for Tiger Polytech as well. So I don't know how that's gone, but yeah, that was that was uh, was good. And now you're growing hops, heritage hops. What are you doing with them? Well, they they only they mature. It's a bit like grapes. Just once a year, you got one harvest. Um, so in March, we're really really busy. Uh, in the meantime, we're growing the hops and we're we're trying to. You got to train them. Um, it, they, they need to be wrapped around the um, the the twine that they grow up. So you got to. It's a very manual thing. Um, so when they are mature, which is going to be in March, uh, we we've currently got five poles and with eight plants around each pole. So we've got forty of three different varieties on there, maybe four different varieties. And we've just recently put in some more on a smaller one so that we can keep the rootstock going. So we've got 20 different varieties maybe um so they'll they'll all make different type, types of beer so we we're steering away from where the the market's going if you will because they're going for very aromatic and very intense hops we are on the on the heritage side of things so that we don't you know we don't want to lose those varieties and we we've got some of the noble hops from um, from from Germany and the Czech Republic, uh, some heritage hops from New Zealand as well. Um, two or three that I can't name at the moment, but we've got a couple of new ones as well. One called Tangerine Dream. Um, so the hops are going to be utilised. We're hoping to strike a deal with. Um, I can't say anything just yet, but uh, it's kind of embargoed. But it should be sometime in the next couple of weeks. We'll be able to say, you know, all of our hops are going to be in this particular cool so once that's nailed then we'll we'll let you know let's take the second of your music choices let's have lola jane in my dreams i hadn't heard of her but i do like her she's great she's great i hadn't heard of her and well two weeks ago less than two weeks ago i was just driving from tapanui over to um to 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 a peck of mouth and listened to the radio on the speaker uh, over the internet and radio bbc radio 2 was on and i heard lola somebody and i thought oh this is nice this is i really like this she's got a great groove to this girl love the sound and i when i got to the church i i went on youtube and i thought i'll see if i can find her and it i put lola in and then lola jane came up and it should have been lola young who's a british soul singer lola jane is an american soul singer r&b soul singer and and I, I didn't realise there was any difference until I tried to find the track that I'd heard initially, which was "Woman" or "Womanhood" or something like that. And I thought, why, why can I not find her? And I thought, well, I'll see, see if I can search by the title of the song. And sure enough, it wasn't actually Lola Jen; <laughs> it was Lola Young. So, but no, Lola Jen is just something else. Beautiful tones, gorgeous voice. 
So with apologies to Lola Young, here's (laughs) Lola Jane. Yes. I wake up to the sound of rosy, he's drowsy, while I slept. And coffee brewing fills a room with the scent that fills our bed. With the energy to go all day while love juice fills our spray. She said I fall right back asleep while he drops kisses over me. Tapping, are we doing generally or currently? Currently, it's snowing. generally. Did it well? Ha, did it have a community response to the pandemic? Yeah, we did. Like Vicky said, we we took one of our our neighbours under our wing. Uh, she was uh, she's is 
uh, an elderly lady, so we we looking after her a bit like a like a grandma type of thing. But she's a hell of a character. She knows a lot about the history of. We we're living in uh, what was an old post office um, that was moved. It's not on the main street anymore, but it was it was dragged here by uh, a steam traction engine, and the steam traction engine just is still in the museum about 150 meters away as the crow flies. <laughs> Oh, uh, not, not still Excellent. attached. Excellent. Not still attached to the side of your house. You should get, uh, I guess get, we'll, you should get worried if we'll they find, start steaming it up. Yeah, we'll find out when she starts moving. <laughs> uh, no, so we th- this old house and, and Lois knows the history of the house, and it's got a lot of lot of history. So, like I say, it's an old. Uh, you can you can probably see over my my shoulder the old. It's hundred and twenty something years old, Vicky. Yeah. 150 next year. There you go. It's 150 years old next year. It's the oldest habited building in Tapanui. We like our piece of history. <laughs> Vicky says she likes old stuff, but I think she's referring to me. <laughs> We've seen lots of societal changes over the last few months. What do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? I think we'll, I'd like to think that we'll continue to. Oh, We'll continue to, to, to keep that caring attitude for our neighbours and friends. You know, um, I think that's going to be important going forward as well. You know, we, we don't know where the, the, um, the COVID thing's going to lead. And there's, there's a lot of unrest at the moment in, in the world in general. So we, we, I think we just need to kind of look after each other. And what did Jacinda say? Be kind. You know, just, just be kind with each other. Just take it easy with each other. Why do you think that message was so successful? Yeah, yeah. If you want to be one thing on the planet, you know, you you, you might as well be kind. You got to be kind. It's it's. I guess it's a little bit. I wouldn't. I'm not getting religious, but it's a bit of a Christian thing. You know, treat others like you'd how how you want to be treated yourself. So you know, just 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 go easy. But the 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 bigger question is, why did it take a pandemic for that to rise to the top? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question too. Um, I, I guess we've kind of we've grown into our self-ish state, and now we're hopefully growing into our selfless state and maturing into our selfless state. I wonder what we can do to to make that stick a bit. During the pandemic, it's during the lockdown. We were all enjoying slowing down and so on, but we pretty quickly rushed back to work. Yeah, we did. Well, uh, the 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 big cities did. We 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 didn't feel that as much where we are. I think a lot of the learning, you know, from a um, from a politics perspective, and I think that has been uh, taken on board, and it's been utilised a lot more. And a lot of people are working from home, and I think finding finding that to be a lot easier than they expect, expected and anticipated. Um, I have a very good friend of mine back in the UK who, run, who runs a, a successful business in London and he's just cut his, he's not cut his workforce because he tells me absolutely right that those people are the heart and soul of the company um, and he kept them on, cost him a lot of money to keep them on but he knew that he had a really, really good team but he's just cut his office space down by two thirds. So he's now on one third of what he used to be six or seven months ago. And he can see the shard 
or he could see the shard out of his main office. Doesn't need that anymore. And and his his workers, his his staff are very happy, and his productivity is going up a little bit. It's not as high as it was, but it's going back up, and it's he's, he's projecting it to be past where it was six or eight months ago. And that that's partly fed by the fact that they can work successfully and happily from home. So that's one of the things that I I think that will will stay and will encourage. It'll probably be quite a change. All of a sudden, things that we thought were impossible turned out to be possible. So yeah, because yeah, we were forced into making a, a lifestyle change effectively, and and it's like well, actually, it wasn't that difficult after all, was it? So what lessons do you think we can take from this response for the the bigger questions, the intergenerational questions, climate change, biodiversity, social equity, those sorts of things that just seem too wicked for us to be able to do anything about them? Well, I guess we've just got to embrace the fact that we can change um, if, if change is forced upon us. Why does it need to be forced upon us? You know, we, we can change and therefore we probably should. I have some questions to end the show with. Mm. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Me personally? Yep. Ooh, biggest success? Probably land... Oh, ooh, that's a tough question, that, Sam. Biggest success? Probably landing the punt job. The, the, that's, that, that's, been, that's secured me and Vicky over in Tuapakamouth and given us something other than not just the church but other than the church to um to go over for and so and and, and it's like i said before it's a piece of history it's very unique and and it's a real talking point oh that's unfair sam yes <laughs> <laughs> put me on the spot um uh, I, I i was also part of a tiger politics um setting up the the brewing qualification and the the, the brewery itself in cromwell so that was that was a big thing as well, yeah, yeah. That's that's a wee while ago, two thousand and five. Yeah, well, t- twenty fourteen, I won a gold medal at the uh, Brewers Guild Award with my, uh, my my beer, which is a Manuka smoked pale ale called Herntane. Um, and Vicky and I, just getting back to the beer side of things, we we wrote a qualification for um, service and hospitality um, and retail for the frontline staff to get more knowledge about the beers, the styles of beer, how to serve it and how to look after it and how to curate it basically and how to get the best out of the beers. So we had um, one of the big liquor chains throughout the country, the head office said, we want to put all of our staff through that particular um, course. It wasn't a qualification as such, there was three, yeah, it was an LCP, limited credit package. So um, that was brilliant. That was there was so there were bar staff from all over the country. We went to Auckland, Wellington, uh, Queenstown, uh, Christchurch, Dunedin, um, all over the place to to bring this. So that there's a lot more knowledgeable frontline uh, retail and hospitality staff as a result of what we did. So yeah, like I said, that was a difficult question, that Sam. <laughs> okay, so here's an easy one then. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's yeah. Heroes. It's our team right. of people doing good work. What's your superpower? What's my superpower? Oh, my superpower. Being enthusiastic about about things. Being, I like to think I'm positive, 
um, without selling like it, sounding like a salesman, I like to sell and I like to sell beer and I like to sell quality and I like to bring something positive to, to people's lives. I'm not into excessive consumption of alcohol and I want people to kind of get away from that sort of things. Yes, there are some people who see the negative in alcohol and overconsumption of anything is not healthy at all. But there's a really good side, social side, to beer and to quality and to quality beer. So that's uh, what's we could super We could simplify to I like to sell positive. Yeah, yeah. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? Ooh, yes. I'm an activist for positivism, positivism, I guess. Yeah, and and sustainability. I'm a I'm a I hate this term, a bit of a greenie. Um, although I am a bit of a greenie, uh, I, I'm I'm positive about the environment. I, I I I care for the environment. I take steps to safeguard the environment. The environment being either something local, which is just picking up some rubbish or making sure my, my recycling bins put out and utilised to its best possible, possible, um, or whether it's on a on a nationwide scale, like supporting a particular um, p- particular political party or, or international. So what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Growing, continuing to grow the hops and, and, and making that a success and, and building on the initial growth that we have over there and knowing that it's going to be successful because our if, if if it's not successful in two or three years time all of the hard work that we've put into it so far will be to no avail so i i really want that to be a success and lastly do you have any advice for our listeners i just keep an open mind and and keep looking after each other thank you for that Moira. i was thinking um some some of the work i do on my in my professional practice is talking with young people about their hopes and aspirations and helping them to pick a pathway forward and in encouraging the use of imagination and you know really think about what are the things that will make your heart sing and it's people like you doing extraordinary things like operating a punt and growing hops and making (laughs) beer and it's you doing those really cool things that we just don't think about on a day-to-day basis that, that make life fun and, and make everything possible for our young people. You're such a good role model. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a lovely thing to say. That's really nice. No matter what you do, you know, you'll you'll eventually find your little niche, um, hopefully. And Vicky's waving with both hands or all fingers this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's a gem. You know she's a gem, don't you, Sam? Yeah. She's well, an incredible woman. Incredible. Well, we found a really cool thing today, which was um, people they'd asked a hundred eight-year-olds, I think, to yep. draw what they thought they were going to do when they grew up, which is an interesting way of, of doing it. So, they, and, and the report's got um, a whole lot of the drawings and they've sort of analysed them. But I was thinking about it that none of them have got – they've all got named professions that they've represented – None yeah. of them have come at it from, well, I'd like to help homeless people on the street. I don't know what it is. 
what they've got is social worker and then a depiction of what yeah. social workers do. They've missed the boat. They they needed to do it with five-year-olds. Yeah. Oh, well, so that by the time you're eight, you don't, you kind of lost what you're thinking of at five, what you're thinking of doing. You know too much about the world when you're eight. You can lay, you're, you're already immersed in the world of labels. This is the box you are in, social worker. Yeah. Whereas a five-year-old doesn't know what a social worker is. They just know what it is to help somebody. Or, you know, they know what it is to when someone feels sad or someone feels sick. Their experience yeah. of the world is about their observation rather than the label that somebody wears. Yeah, yeah. But nobody would... Not. Nobody would draw, I want to drive a punt and grow hops and various no. other things. No, that's impossible. <laughs> Until they saw someone like Tom doing it, it and then yeah. they're like, yep, that's me. I want to do that. Well, <laughs> there's only one. I'll marry a mad purple woman, she says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's only one person who's daft enough to marry a mad purple woman, and you're looking at him. But he's very, very proud and very pleased that he did. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going out to Grover Washington Jr. Wine Light.
been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani and in Tapanui, Tom Jones. We hope you enjoyed the show.